This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay. Our top story on Thursday, April the 22nd, is that a man's been charged with attempted murder after a police officer was stabbed in Gravesend. It happened while a search was being carried out at a home on Sunmarsh Way early yesterday morning. Jamie Long has got more details for us. So the police have told us the officer received a serious arm injury and was taken to hospital at about six yesterday morning. He's since been discharged but will require further treatment. Now the man who's been charged is Curran Gill. He's 30 and from the road where it happened. He's also accused of drug offences linked to the supply of cocaine and importing cannabis and acquiring criminal property. Two other properties were searched yesterday as well as part of that same operation which was targeting people suspected of being involved in importing cannabis. They happened in Buckland Hill in Maidstone and also the Boulevard in Fulham. Two 30-year-old men were arrested and subsequently charged. All three were due in court today. Kent Online News. Almost 100 emergency food parcels were provided to people in Kent every single day over the past year. Figures from the Trussell Trust show their food banks in the county handed out more than 34,500 parcels during the pandemic, up nearly 20% on the previous year. The greatest increase was in Medway, where almost 4,000 extra handouts were needed. The figures also reveal that more than 40 parcels a day were given to children in the county. Ish has been speaking to Gary Lemon, who's from the charity. So there are three main factors that um, end up with people needing um, emergency food and coming to a food bank. So the first and the most important is shortcomings in our benefit system. So people aren't getting enough money from Social Security or they're not getting it at the right time. It's being too delayed and it's leaving them unable to afford the essentials. So we know that it isn't just food that people can't afford when they come to food banks. It's heating, lighting, winter clothes, toiletries sanitary products, you know, the absolute essentials of life. So not enough money from benefits. Um, Then you have lack of local and informal support. So that might be people aren't able to rely on friends and family, uh, you know, to put them up or to um, lend them money. So you've got this, um, yeah, lack of local support, um, issues from the benefit system and difficult life events as well. So, um, and that's the interesting thing about uh, what's happened in the pandemic. So pre-pandemic, we saw things like job loss, Uh, family breakdown, disability and illness. People who experience these things haven't got the safety net to keep their heads um, above water. So you see uh, single parents, people with disabilities and people with illnesses massively overrepresented in food banks compared to the general population because the support just isn't there for them. Now, if you look at the impact of the pandemic, what that has done is that you've added this extra difficult life event to lots of people's lives. Um, and just looking at the, the latest statistics, I mean, significant rises across the southeast. I mean, here in Kent, I mean, we well documented about the disparity across the county. I mean, um, you know, just a couple examples, you know, Swale, that the total distributed parcels are around 5,300 last year, and that's gone up to more than 8,000. In Medway, it's gone from around 8,000 to 12,000. Is there a a serious concern that there are new groups of people 
who haven't been affected before, but because of the pandemic, they are now in this situation. Like I say, there will have been um, large numbers of people uh, needing food banks who have never needed them before. But they're people who were lucky enough not to have one of these difficult life events happen. There are too many people in this country who, whose incomes are so low that they're unable to build up um, resilience, uh, um, their, their own savings, their own ability to be able to cope when a difficult financial situation hits, be that an unexpected expense or, in the case of COVID, um, a rapid loss of income. And, and that's what you're seeing um, across Kent, right across the UK as well. All of these households who were vulnerable. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure that a lot of the people listening to this interview right now, if they think about how much they have put away and how long they could last if all of a sudden they lost their income from work, it wouldn't be very long for too many people. They also say the figures are just the tip of the iceberg, as many more would have received food from other local community groups. Tributes have been paid to two people who died in a crash on Romney Marsh. Three people were killed when two cars collided in Lyd on Sunday and another was taken to hospital with serious injuries. 26-year-old Jack Ryle Thompson was just months away from becoming a dad. Sharon Hayward, who was 58 and from Ashford, has been described as a much-loved mum and grandma. An Ashford man who tricked an electricity company into funding his £130,000 cannabis growing operation has been jailed for more than two years. Police raided Michael Craft's home in Kings North last January and found almost 100 plants as well as bags of the drug ready to be dispatched. The courts heard how the 39-year-old paid an accomplice to rig his electricity meter so UK power networks paid for the production. Controversial plans for 180 homes in Herne Bay have been given the go-ahead, despite concerns about how local infrastructure will cope. Almost 300 residents had objected to the Kitewood Estates development in Hilborough as they're worried it'll impact local roads, schools and doctor surgeries. But councillors say they had no choice but to approve it as there are no grounds to refuse. The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks. A dog owner from Folkestone has spoken about the moment he was told to pay money or his missing dog would die. Peter Carroll's chihuahua, Peaches, went missing from the family's home on Sunday before he received a call demanding the cash. Now, it's thought scammers had got hold of Peter's phone number through a social media post or missing dog poster. He's been chatting to Ollie Collins from our colleagues at KMTV. Well, on Sunday afternoon, I was out in the garden doing all the things you do when the weather's just improved after a long, miserable winter, when one of the grandchildren uh, who lives with us said, uh, where's the dog? And I said, I must be asleep uh, on the settee or on a bed or whatever, but we couldn't find her. And within a very few minutes, that panic gets you right in the pit of your stomach. You think something wrong here, she's gone. And then obviously... To add to, to, to the sort of fact that Peters has gone missing, there was then these, these awful phone calls that were demanding money or, the, or saying that they were going to, to, to kill her. Yeah, I, I was absolutely flabbergasted. I had a horrendous situation. And it's so cruel because the first words in the call from this unknown number were, I've got your dog. And you think, wow, that's great. The feeling of relief. And then the next few words are, uh, but let's do business. I need a thousand pounds or I'm going to kill your dog. Uh, that's really pretty awful stuff. And then there's the feeling of uh, a kind of panic. How do, you, how do you deal with this call? Do you say yes? Do you say no? What, what do you do? 
and then there's the hectoring, no police, no police, whatever you do, no police. Uh, you've got half an hour, half an hour to make your mind up. I do this for a living. Within a few minutes, I was thinking, can I get any reassurance from him, if that's the word, that he's actually got the dog? So I asked a few questions. And quite early on, it became apparent that I felt he didn't know anything other than what was possibly on a social media post or on a post that we'd put on a lamppost, but a horrific, horrific lowest of the low to do things like that. Well, a warning there then to other dog owners. We're really pleased to say that Peaches has since been reunited with her owners. Now, at Kent Online today, you can read about the tragic fate of a Kent woman who died after falling 90 feet into a hole which opened beneath her. Jean Thompson, who was 35, had left her home in Frinsbury in 1967 to take her son to visit his grandmother when she disappeared from view. Speculation over how it happened has ranged from an old underground cesspit collapsing to the roof of secret tunnels giving way. Chris Britcher has been researching this story for us, Chris, and as I say, incredibly tragic. Absolutely. I mean, it is, it's morbidly fascinating. I mean, there's tragedy at the very heart of this, which you can't avoid. But it is the very thought that you can be walking along and suddenly a hole will open up um, you know, beneath your feet and, and you just simply disappear. And they never recovered her body. Um, it's still not entirely clear what actually caused the, uh, the hole to appear in the first case. But it is, it's, it's a tragic story and one which I think probably needs retelling, if nothing else, just for, the, uh, just for hopefully for local authorities to be alert to the fact that this could be a, a danger in the future. Absolutely. Now, you say in the story about how um, Jean's young son had had run in front of her, then heard this rumbling noise. But there was quite a huge operation following that, wasn't there, to try and, and get to her? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically, she fell through the hole. The alarm was raised. Um, no one heard anything from her uh, from the point she fell down the hole. Um, I think she was glimpsed briefly. But I think that the the actual structure of the hole itself was so fragile that any attempts to get anyone down there or make any rescue attempt just made the situation worse. Um, and in fact, I think, you know, rather than there was some suggestion at the time that perhaps her body had fallen into some sort of underwater channel and been washed away. But the what I've read and what I've researched is there's more likelihood that her body was simply covered up by rubble, which fell from the hole as people made these desperate attempts. Not helped, of course, by the fact that it had been the top half had been an old cesspit. So the fumes were, as you can imagine, pretty unpleasant. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't realise that two firefighters were quite badly hurt as part of that rescue, weren't they? That's right. Um, apparently they went down there and obviously because the walls were so fragile and bits of you know, effectively rubble and concrete that had been used to cover it in the first place were falling on them. Um, two of them were, were injured. I think one had a broken arm and another one had a back injury as well. So, that, yeah, they were, it, was, it was a risky business and that there were plenty of attempts made, but I think it was, it was, so, it was futile from quite early on, I think, from both a, a risk to the rescuers and, uh, and you know, the, the inevitability of her, her fate. Yeah, very, very sad. Obviously, a lot of investigation has gone on as to what could be under, under the ground. I mean, something perhaps you don't always want to, to think about. But um, as you say, it, it's worth being aware, isn't it? Because, you know, these sorts of things, we've seen sinkholes and things open up in other parts of Kent. It's something authorities do need to be alert to. Yes, it is, um, especially in those areas, you know, where they, there's a sort of rich industrial heritage that dates back many hundreds of years. Because obviously, chalk mines, which were used for brick making, which was a, a big industry back then in that area, um, you know, these chalk mines would basically they'd be tunneled down and then huge caverns underneath the ground. So it does obviously weaken the the, the 
structure of the earth and that's where these problems arise and obviously if they haven't been capped off properly and lots of people simply never knew they were there in the first place then it does present a potential danger. Uh, One of our most read stories today, lots of people clearly very interested in this and you must have been fascinated researching it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I must admit, I I had never heard of it until it was mentioned to me. Um, But it was, uh, it it was, it's almost something you can't imagine hasn't, you know, hasn't been researched properly before. I mean, there have been reports into it, but it seems to have sort of disappeared from people's memories these days. So I think it's it's worth refreshing it. And as you say, it's, it's an entirely completely remarkable story and and a tragic one at that. Kent Online reports. Debenhams has confirmed when their two remaining Kent stores will close for good. The shop in Gravesend will shut for the last time next Sunday, while the one at Westwood Cross in Thanet will cease trading by May the 15th at the latest. Fashion retailer Boohoo is taking over the brand, but it's not keeping any of the stores open. Driving tests have resumed across Kent today, but a huge backlog is making it pretty difficult to book a slot. Thousands had to be cancelled due to the coronavirus pandemic. Learners in the county are under extra pressure to pass as it could be several months before they get another chance. A YouTuber who moved to Kent after unexpectedly being made homeless has spoken about having to spend months apart from his beloved animals. Dan Oakley is known as Tarantula Dan on the site and his videos on how to care for exotic pets have been viewed millions of times. The 31-year-old was forced to spend seven months without his hundreds of creatures after suddenly being given notice by his landlord. Life was empty in every, in every way. It was, it was difficult. It was really, really difficult. I, I don't know how to, to put it into words when you go from a house you've lived in for 15 years with animals and everything sort of set up and everything's great to no animals, homeless, you know, didn't have a job down here. I, I literally had like nothing. Some of his YouTube followers even continued to give money despite him not being able to post updates. I'll just thank people for, you know, you're paying for, for content and you go, well, actually, I, I, I can't film anything. I can't give you anything that you're paying for. And they go, don't worry about it. This case I've sorted. You know, that means a lot. Well, Dan has now been reunited with his animals after moving into a new home in Medway. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham Academy player Harvey Lintot has signed a professional contract at the club. The defender impressed the manager after being named on the bench for the Jills League One match against Rochdale back in January. He's the second youth player to turn pro in recent days after forward Gerald Sittol also agreed a deal. And in cricket, Kent are back in county championship action. They're taking on Lancashire at the Spitfire ground in Canterbury, hoping to make it third time lucky after a draw and defeat in their opening two games of the season. Listen to us sister radio station KMFM over the next few days for regular match updates. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app and that will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.